DeFi Alliance rebrands to become Alliance DAO, and they raised $50 million from 300 different Web3 leaders. A lot of numbers there. They are a prolific group in DeFi. They've been called the YC, the Y Combinator of DeFi. These are a must-follow group in crypto. And they originally started as a group called the Chicago DeFi Alliance in March 2020. And then at the time, they held around $500 million or so, according to DeFi Llama. Now, they backed groups like Sushi, Olympus DAO, and others. Every quarter or so, they have hosted a demo day, which has been really, really great to attend. It's a great source of deal flow. And what's really cool is you were able to, anybody could sign up and start asking questions in the breakout sessions after the presentations. So this group is really an open sourced approach, I think, to the the sourcing of potential deal flow because those founders get up and they present their demos and you can you can interview them, you can talk to them, you can grill them that day and, and get a, a high level feel for who you want to talk to one on one. So they they're looking for they'll start they're looking for liquidity providers once those tokens launch they're looking for partners and it was just really cool i i did two of their different demo days and attended and it was really fun now what's really interesting here though is by rebranding as a dao they're going to be i hope that the premise anyway is they will be completely open sourcing all of all of their, their wheelings and dealings with these companies. So I'm sitting there wondering while I'm watching these demos, okay, how much did the DeFi Alliance put into these guys? They maybe only put in 100K, 200K, some kind of seed angel type of investment. But I'm, I'm hopeful that by rebranding as a DAO, all of this will be on-chain activity that will be auditable to see exactly what the, the group's doing. And that's... That's really important because a lot of this venture capital activity is shifting to to the DAO landscape. So I'm really curious who these 300 contributors are that that they've taken money from. I'm assuming they're just crypto VCs who who want to be involved with the future of crypto investing, which I, I think is is DAO form. And yeah. Mike, I wanted to just ping you on this. Um, what what did you think about all this news on on the DAO and and this rebranding stuff? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so I love the idea, and you know, obviously, what they've done is pretty crazy, considering that like the total DeFi volume back in March 2020 was around 500 million, and now obviously, you know, the DeFi alliance isn't didn't make all of this, but it went from 500 million in March, 2020 to 236 billion for all DeFi, you know, total trading volume or block volume. So they definitely got in at the right time and they saw, you know, an area that they needed to pound and they've done an amazing job doing it. My one question with the DAO is they say they have 300 contributors. So what, what would make them release that information that you were saying about, you know, like the funding and the founders and everything, because couldn't they just keep it within those 300 people and still be a DAO or I'm, am I, am I missing something? Yeah. So that, that money will be deployed into new startups. 
the the war chest of the, of the DAO, it's basically like, let's say you buy an ETF, you or a mutual fund, you you give money to the fund and you receive some number of shares that represent your ownership in the fund, and then those mutual fund money managers go and buy a bunch of stocks on your behalf. You're paying the 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 small fee in your share price to commission them to go and use their expertise to invest on your behalf. So it, hopefully that, that helps answer your question here. Cause I, I think you, what happens is you receive some kind of token that represents your ownership in the DAO. So some people might invest more than others. They're going to get more DAO tokens that represent their ownership in that DAO. And then that the functionality of that DAO token then allows you to go on and participate in voting different mechanisms in the, the smart contract that the, the DAO wallet is, is running off of. So let me rephrase my question. So like, I feel like most time DAOs have like hundreds of thousands of contributors and it's like a bunch of people together that, you know, are in it. If there's only 300 contributors, isn't that just like having 300 like owners or people on the board? Like what, what would make them release all of their numbers outside of those 300 contributors? Well, I think the 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 premise with the, these DAOs are that it's all on chain, and uh, you, yeah, can go, yeah, yeah. you can go and view the wallet activity of the people contributing. Now, if you go to the DeFi Alliance website, they do have a full list of all of these contributors. So, if you want to see who these people are, you can go there and see it. I don't know if they're going to publicly disclose the wallet addresses of each of these people. But presumably, if you're in the DAO, you'll see a roster where on the left-hand column, there'll be names. And then in the column B, some kind of wallet address or something. So you'd be able to click on, in my mind, I don't know if this is true or not, the premise is you click on their little profile within the DAO interface, and you'd be able to see what that account has been doing within the DAO. So that makes a lot of sense. Contributors, I view them more as investors here. They're not actually really building code. I I doubt within this interface, but they're at least able to talk amongst themselves. This is a, I'm assuming these DAOs will have kind of like a private chat interface within the ecosystem, or perhaps they're just using the same web two chat tools as, as everybody else. Of course, hopefully they'll they'll start using Alter soon once once we uh, make some progress there. But I th- I think that these DAOs, um, the investing landscape for venture for for cryptocurrency, I think is really going to be shifting over to these DAOs because they're global tools that are are permissionless, they're composable, and they're they're free of jurisdiction. So. This is, I think, the, not going to be the last time we see something like this. And and by the way, this roster of names on this DAO, there, there are tons of very high-profile investors and, and different thought leaders in the space. So uh, definitely a group to be watching. Definitely. It's like a constant feedback loop. Yeah, exactly. With other people in the industry. Well, All right. soon enough, we'll have our own, and we'll have like five times the amount of money that they have. So <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> What's your article, man? I know you got something for today. Yeah, so mine is uh, Turks pile into Bitcoin and Tether to escape the plunging lira. 
So um, I've been paying attention to world politics, obviously, over the last couple of years, if not better part of a decade, Turkey has kind of been in some turmoil, um, especially in Q4 2021. Uh, you know, the lira unraveled against the dollar. So crypto trading volumes using the lira in Turkey left to an average of $1.8 billion a day, that's billion with a B. Um, the lira became the most traded government issued currency against Tether last fall, outpacing even the euro and the dollar. So, I mean, in the recent past, you know, people in Turkey have kept their money in dollars, euros or gold to try and weather, you know, the longer spells of economic uncertainty. But crypto kind of presents a new option for them. And, you know, this is further proven. It says in the story here that, you know, shops in the Grand Bazaar in Turkey have popped up selling Bitcoin tucked into the same alleys where traders sell gold and other foreign currencies. So, I mean, in Turkey, the concern or distrust is a little bit more valid than anything we could say in the United States or any other first or you know second world country because two thirds of their banking deposits are in foreign currencies. And on top of that, the Turkish banks lend out some of their foreign currencies to the central bank and the government. So their main issue is thinking that if there's a rush to the banks to take out, you know, dollars, euros, I mean, anything that is pegged, that the government and possibly the central bank wouldn't be able to cover it. And they would have to be paid back in lira, which obviously has depreciating value. So that's kind of what they're trying to counter by getting into crypto a little bit more. and. Um, I mean, more than half of the trades in December involved Tether. So it definitely seems like they're moving, you know, in that direction, which I got to say, I mean, I obviously have no idea what they're going through on a day-to-day basis, but I would think that that's probably one of the smarter things they can do with their money to try to fight further inflation. Uh, What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, even if you're using a stable coin in a hyperinflationary country, it makes sense to me. The the main comment I have here is yesterday. So the the founder of Luna uh, and, and the UST ecosystem tweeted this link, and then CoinDesk reported that Tether actually has frozen 160 million dollars worth of USD Tether on the Ethereum blockchain just earlier this week. There were three addresses on the te- on the ecosystem that had this amount of money. And so they they responded to a law, a legal request to to freeze these addresses. And the 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 Terra UST can't do that. They can't they don't have the ability to freeze addresses on the chain like that. So this is just one example, I think, of being cautious at first, when I read this article, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. You're, you you probably would rather have a stable coin that's at least it. The market is is not moving the value of that around versus the dollar. It's it's a it's tether is pretty stable, but you have to realize, okay, if you're piling piling into tether, they can apparently just freeze the tokens through through their their uh, mechanism of the smart contract of the ERC twenty. That is tether, so it's a little bit troublesome. Um, I don't know what the law request was for this this tether freeze. I'm guessing there. I mean, there there are three wallets with a lot of money, so 
that's an interesting detail, but I don't think that they'll be freezing a bunch of retail users' wallets from from Turkey. But it is something to to be considerate of. Yeah, that's super scary. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that that just that was another fresh article yesterday that I I was looking at. Um, but because like I said, at first when I read this this Turkey article, I'm like, okay, well, this is good, even if it is using Tether, which is controversial coin in itself. Um, that's, that's a great use case for crypto that you're, you're able to invest in a stable coin that can evade the, the negligence of your central bank, like Turkey, where that it's just kind of chaotic right now. And I just wanted to caveat that, that optimism on stable coins by saying, okay, well, look, Tether, Tether is really, really not a great, great option. Right. I, I would I'm hopeful that these other coins like Terra and even something like USDC, other other stable coins, I'm hopeful that they get a little bit more market traction in these markets because I do worry about the stability of Tether in the long term. But there's better options, I think, for, for people to use, but I don't think people know about them, especially in these other countries in the East where Tether is is well regarded. Right. So, yeah, no, I completely agree. Do you see that thing too? I, I don't know if it was Paul or who said it, but that there's room for other, you know, currencies, stablecoin currencies outside of like the U.S. one in the future if they go that route. Oh yeah, Powell. Yeah, he he. There was a comment. I didn't read about it. I, I saw the headline, yeah. but yeah, I feel like he's just having to to kind of wave his. I mean, bow his head and, and just say, yeah, there's nothing we can do. That's how well, I interpreted that. Yeah, kind of the same. I mean, there's a lot of articles that came out in the last two or three days with lawmakers introducing stuff and wanting to fight stuff. So, you know, we're gearing up, um, gearing up for, what is it? It's election year in another year, two years. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have midterms this year. Yeah, it's going to be great. This November. <laughs> Love those commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man well hey we're we're really up on time here um great chatting with you man same same enjoy week. yourself i'll try i'll try sir <laughs> you as well we will be back on next week will do all right see you later appreciate have it have a great weekend bye